Hello and welcome to the Authentic Connection podcast. My name is Laura and I'll be your host today. This is the third episode in the Splore series and today I am talking to Tane Mete. We spoke at Splore this time as well, which was super fun. It did mean that we were a little bit tired because we did it on the Sunday, I think. Yeah, Tane is a pretty incredible human and I was incredibly excited to chat with him. His journey into yoga has started relatively recently. Dance has been a big part of his life for a very long time and he is a he has his own dance company and is a renowned choreographer. So it's cool to chat a bit about that because my background is, well, I grew up dancing and I, I consider dance a big part of my, my life. So, yeah, but we chat through all sorts of things from, yeah, from how Tane got into yoga and how he manages to come from such a grounded place with his yoga uh, teaching, his guidance, how he weaves Tareo Māori into his classes and how the spirituality from the indigenous cultures actually sort of interlink and weave and match up quite nicely. It's quite a natural a natural thing to weave into his classes I suppose. A little short and sharp one for you today. I won't give any more away. Uh, I'll let Tane take the stage now. So here is my conversation with Tane Mete. <laughs> Hi Tane. It's so so lovely to be able to chat to you today. We are coming to you listeners from Splore Festival. So we've both had a pretty cool time we're both a little tiny bit tired but I am so grateful for your time today Tana so thank you and welcome you're welcome and it's great to be here Splore definitely is an incredible experience yeah yeah but I'd like to start actually going backwards a little bit and with your journey like how did yoga first come into your life and yeah do you want to go into that journey been exploring yoga on and off for many years mm. And that was pretty much being a dancer and doing the odd yoga class for warm-up. But I didn't really think much of it then. Mm. And I'm talking about in my 20s and 30s and part way through my 40s. And then I, I was 44 when I went to my first yoga... 43 when I went to my first yoga class at East West Yoga. Mm. And the teacher said, we've got a class that starts in five minutes, come on in. Mm. So I thought, cool. It was a Bikram yoga class back then. 90 minutes long, hot, fast, and furious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I thought that's a really rude awakening to yoga. But something happened that night that changed from the inside out. And I woke up different, felt different, more alert, more... I thought, oh, okay, it might have been this yoga thing. Mm. So I gave it another go, and sure enough, after about a week, I was completely addicted. So that's where it started. Mm. Yeah. Was it a conscious thing that changed overnight? Or was it literally just the It was the reason I... It was, the... Yes, the reason I went as I was exploring ache in my body through dance mm. and I found like I needed a different type of movement or therapy or healing that would 
stabilise where I was at in my dance career, stabilise my injuries and find me some grounding again. That was the reason for going to yoga. But what happened the next day after that class was I slept well right through. My gut felt healthier and more alert, more focused. And so I tried again and it kept improving and improving, sure enough. It's just a part of my life now. Yeah. Good sleep is can be really mm. hard to get. I work in sort of nutrition and health, and even though sleep isn't food, it is such an important part of our whole wellness health picture. Um, that's right. And it was one of the things that I noticed when I first did yoga as well, so that's interesting. Yeah, cool, eh? Yeah. 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 And today is a big part of your yoga classes. Do you yes. find that the spirituality from the Maori worldview fits in with the yoga philosophy? Yes, and indigenous cultures, Maori culture, Sanskrit culture, mm. we talk to the same things. The Earth Mother, Sky Father, the children of the sky, and the elements. Every indigenous culture speaks of the, in, that, in, that, in their own language of those things. Mm. So there's already a similarity. There's already a cross-threading or a weaving together of knowledge bases and healing in many different cultures. Mm. So it made it a lot easier for me. And I really wanted to find my own voice in the yoga without it being certain cueing that needed to get someone to a journey. Through my own journey, I've realized that let them feel something, experience something, and let the work be just being in it. I don't need to load it with yogic philosophy or yogic... This is my experience, by the way. Or talk in a yogic way. Just get them into their body, let them breathe, and then layer on top with metaphor or real language, a simple count, a simple hold, a focal point, or another weaving of prayer over the top through the karakia. So it's already settling the mind and the breath mm. when you just say it people may not understand it but they can feel it mm. it's just it's a vibrational thing mm. as well as mm-hmm. the words that you're saying and I think language is really important so yeah I love yeah yes the theme of explore this year is mother and Papatuanuku was themed in your practice this morning as well yes what's your favorite way to connect to Papatuanuku like not necessarily yoga, like any practice that you enjoy, anything you like to do? Gardening is mm. probably one of my favourite things. And being outside in nature, lying on the ground, feeling the ground. Summertime, but then wintertime as well. Because mm. the ground feels very different in those months. Mm. Also, through mythology, Māori mythology, there's so many stories connected to Papa Tuanuku. And the journey that was made by her, the children, and Sky Father. Mm. And so it's very much whiffed into my, you know, identification, mm. my ID or my DNA as Māori, mm. male, teacher, mm. etc. Mm. Is there a particular element? You mentioned elements before, like I'm thinking fire, wind, water, that you really relate to? No, not really. It's not, not really... 
one or other. I mean, I choose various that sort of dive into a particular expression, mm, movement expression. Keep balance as well. Mm, don't tend to mix them all up into one particular practice. Mm. Sort of hone out one. But I can't say I have a favourite in terms mm. of because I've used them all very differently in each practice. Mm. I think yoga is a really incredible balance of all of them, isn't it? It's flow. Yes. It's fire. It's breath, it's air and wind, mm-hmm. so it is nice, it's hard to pick a favourite. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, yeah, but yeah, I like them all. Mm. And is dance still a part of your life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Dance is very much. So the yoga and the Kianga Wadi, which is my brand, I have two brands, Tane Mete, mm. that is my performance company name and, and my brand, and Kianga Wadi, which is my wellness, Hawara health well-being brand so under the tiny mete brand is my dance company and enterprise and i still make dance choreograph and about to do uh, yeah and then creating solo work yeah this year so i'm very much involved so the yoga sits on the outer edge of what i do it's certainly not taking up the main stage in my life okay cool yeah and do you do you get a good balance of teaching and practicing still? Like, I know as a teacher of yoga, sometimes it's hard to get your own practice. I pretty in. much practice nearly every day, but this last week has been quite a strain because I've had so many work on the go. Mm. So I haven't done much of a practice really at all, but I don't tend to get too stressed about it, just as long as I'm moving in some way mm. and stay connected with my breath. I'm pretty good, mm. you know? mm. And the practice can be done in so many ways and forms. Absolutely. Movement, squatting, doing dishes, you know, walking. It doesn't have to be on a mat, facing a mirror or lying on a concrete or, I mean, sorry, a wooden floor. Mm. Anywhere, it can be done in any space in movement. I'm more interested in movement than steps per se of Mm. yoga. Mm. But I enjoy the experience of leading people through a journey. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel when you're teaching? From my point of view, having done your class, like you are incredibly grounded and calm. Is do you find that teaching helps you get more of that, or is it something you have to to work on? I find that I I can really keep it simple. Is usually what I enjoy the most from my experience and being an experienced practitioner. And going to, I, I have slowly started to stop going to classes because. A teacher can get so wound up in themselves and what they're wanting to project, and already it's built up a an expectation in me, mm. and I would hate that expectation to be blown out of the water if it's, it doesn't meet that or it didn't quite fit what was intended. Because mm. we know as teachers, it can all shift within mm. a practice and go down another journey. So I tend not to load up the front half mm. of a class. Just speak in a very universal way. Mm. So you can we speak in so many everyone understands sky, ground, heart, you know, universe. Mm. So it's very easy to lead them in those directions without going through a whole Sanskrit philosophy. Because yeah. as much as it's been a journey for me to learn the yogic journey in terms of study Sanskrit, I'm so, so grateful, but I'm at the stage where I can let that go and develop a new, not a new, but continue my own personal cultural practice of real Māori, mm. but also have a cushioning of the philosophy coming in from the yoga 
but I don't necessarily talk yoga mm. per se mm. because it's still it, in my eye yoga and dance are the same they move mm. so I don't tend to put a label per se but that's how I came to it anyway and that's where I am right now mm. and I'm enjoying the journey because it's I'm not being led by anyone else it's kind of, and Jock and I have got a very very good understanding of sensing each other's space and when to arrive by saying wounds and when not to and when to sort of be able to listen. Listening is a very important skill to be as a teacher. Listen to your clients, listen to your students, not from words but watching. Yeah, people communicate a lot with their bodies as Yes, well. that's right, yes. So, but you've got to be in a state, you've got to be slow and calm enough to be able to spot that sort of stuff. Mm, exactly. Mm. And what inspires you when you are choreographing? I'm inspired by many things. I'm inspired by sound, music, visual images, poetry, a word, a book, a costume, a mm. colour. It's all around us, eh? Everything. A male, a female energy, a conversation. What I'm eating. You know, it's it's everything's alive. So it's when something is alive and it ignites me, it brings out my expression and my creative voice, and which is really exciting. I'm not afraid to talk that and and make it into a reality in terms of identifying what I want to do, gathering the words to to build that, and then know all the backstory about what I need. And then present it to the particular whoever I wish to work with. Mm. And it's usually a plan that I do. Mm. And so far it seems to be working and coming to fruition every time. So that's a kind of a process in that I work. Cool. And so Authentic Connection is the name of the podcast. And one of the things I like to ask people about is the way that they connect with other people. Because it's so easy to kind of connect on a shallow level with people. But I wonder what what you do to help generate a really authentic connection with people you interact with on a daily basis Mm. I'm drawing allies closer like those I'm coming closer to those that have my back Mm. and with people and I've got theirs and so there is a cluster of those that that have very deep connections over a period of time Mm. time is when you 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 sort of outstretch any boundaries you know you you live longer if you've known someone for say 20 years there is a, it becomes more of an understanding and the friendship is that if you've been together 20 years as a friend you have got each other's back if I'm friends with the same person after three years we're pretty good to go you know but very very sensitive to energy and I have a pretty good idea on who I wish to talk to and share my energy with and who not to because I have to be careful too. And I think as much as we love to be open souls, it can drain our battery by lead, pulling us away from our divineness. If we're leading towards a light, stay on the light. But there will be you know, little stop points where a conversation will lead you down another alley which you don't need to go down. Mm. Come back. And then just... And, that, and probably it means, thank you so much. I've got to go. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm. And it's not being rude, it's being kind. It's just to not to dim the lights, if that makes sense. Set the boundaries. Mm. Yeah, so I'm more in that place mm. in terms of, probably when I was a lot younger, 
a lot more free, a lot more naive, and a lot more inexperienced of life. I was a very open person, and I still am. Very generous with my time, but because I do do a lot of energy work, it can drain my battery quite quickly, I've noticed. Mm. And so I've got to be mindful of that, that's mm. all. Yeah. Mm. So almost to ensure that you have a really authentic connection with those people that you have been friends with for a long time, mm. almost need to be careful and keep your battery charged in yes. order to give you the energy to be able to connect with people. Yeah, Oh, and, and or what I've noticed more is that what I haven't had a lot of time of lately, I love me time. Just by myself, literally by myself. And I love being in my own home, which is beautiful. I love my animal, my cat. I love my garden. And that's 100% gaining to my battery. It's like adding credit, you know. Mm. I'm topping up. I'm really topping up. But when I thin it down by mixing around a lot of people, I'm thinning myself out. And I get tired very fast. So, but Splore is a different kettle of fish. Because it's all of that thrown into one. Short and sharp. Short and sharp. Get in there. You can sleep next week. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go for a boogie later. Yeah, exactly. So that so I'm taking that part of Splore out of the equation because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's general what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, this weekend, because we're at Splore now, incredible to be able to connect with people because here in New Zealand we can. Mm. And it's amazing that we can do what we're doing mm, totally with the total amount of people yeah. and celebrate that yeah. incredible yeah arguably all relationships in our life will teach us something a lesson of some sort is there a, any relationships that you can think of in your life friendships intimate relationships that have taught you a really important lesson that you hold close to you now yeah that, there there is great lessons that I've learnt and immediate one with, with the person was to really trust and value family members that are close to you perhaps there's going to be times when a family member doesn't become in your periphery for some reason or or is not in your full heart all of the time but that's okay. it's really interesting because what I enjoy about my relationships with my family per se mm. is and I've got children so I'm meaning them is that it's growing stronger mm. and it keeps getting stronger but staying with my authentic self yeah 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 I have a friend we actually partners actually and for a long time ago and we've become incredibly close mm. because we had a lifetime together mm. so we know each other really well so it's good to connect back with him and I feel that he's one of those people that has my back and I've got his but those old time longevity relationships is very important yeah Mm. a lot of history together yeah a lot of history no 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 when you don't have to explain yourself to another person and they get you it's all good magical Mm. cool well that is some incredible wisdom Tane thank you thank you so much for your time you're welcome you're welcome and I hope this goes well yeah I'll put all the places that people can find you in the show notes. Yes, and, cool. And um, if anybody wants to find any more info, I'll put those links in the in the bottom of the show notes for you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Much. Cheers. Namaste. <laughs> time and thank you for listening today guys I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tane I 
As always, would love to hear what you think, so please reach out to me on Instagram. I am at wilder underscore wellness. And yeah, can't wait to hear what you thought of Tane's conversation today. We've got one more from this floor session, which I am super excited. So coming out to you next week uh, will be Corin's doggy of Selena Health. So pumped for that episode. He's got a lot of wisdom to share. All right, team, lots of love, and I'll talk to you all very soon.